This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. Welcome to Samutsari, Conversations with Mimi, a weekly podcast by Dinosocial, also a member of the Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Samutsari is where we can show that ordinary people do extraordinary things. Tune in to be entertained and to learn something new with your host, Mimi Lorilla. Hello and welcome everyone to Samutsari Conversations with Mimi, a podcast featuring hot topics and other topics of interest for both women and men alike. I'm your host, Mimi Lorelia, who want to provide you with a show that feature guests who share their passion and commitment to their profession or talents. Here at Samutsari, we share stories to inspire you stories from ordinary people who make extraordinary things. And for season two, we know, and I've always mentioned this in each show, that we are featuring uh, businesses, people, individuals, um, professionals who have gone into the online space. For example, virtual assistants, freelancers, other work from home individuals, and and businesses who have a, a certain online component to their work or line of job and today i cannot say good evening good morning or good afternoon we'll just say today i have another special guest i really know this person and i'm happy that he's able to say yes to our invitation to guest on the show it's mr juanito gatos or i call him tito nito i fondly call him tito nito who is the director administration administrator of Holy Family School of Indang Cavite. Welcome, Tito Nito, to Samutsari Conversations with Mimi podcast. Thanks, Mimi. Nice to be here with you. Thank you, Tito Nito. And um, I know that um, our focus is more on the educational side of things today because you are managing a school in Indang Cavite. So can you give me a little bit of um, a history or background how Holy Family School of Indang had come about? How, how, how did this very interesting school popped up in, in your barangay in Indang? Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Is that your vision or dream since uh, way back when? Or were you just invited to become an administrator of the school? Okay. It all started when uh, my wife asked me, to retire here in Indang, it's her, it's her uh, home hometown. I, I'm not from here. I'm from the lowland, and uh, I said no. 
but uh, we tried, we tried. And upon actual retirement, we uh, we moved here to, to try uh, a good life here in the province. It was good, but uh, she came back to me one day to ask, I want to start a school. What school? Uh, it was not part of the plan. No school. Um, but knowing my wife, she loves to teach. She will even teach without payment and she will pay just to teach. <laughs> uh, that's how she loves teaching. So I, I said yes. So we rented uh, a neighbor's garage. That's where we held our first nursery nursery school, uh, nursery, nursery class. And uh, that sowed the seed for, for, for the school that we are now. People liked what they saw in their children. And, and so we grew. We grew well enough to, to start the, the building, the school building, uh, several months later. And then we applied for, for permits with the Department of Education. That's how that's that's how we did it. Wow. So I'm I'm quite surprised because the idea for um leaving your work in the corporate world to move to Tita Estes hometown is to retire. But what you did both of you is devoted your time to educating um uh, providing quality education to uh, the people in the area. So that's not my idea of a retirement. So in short, you you kind of uh, went different way, <laughs> went a different route um, to your original plan. So um, what makes Holy Family School of Indang, in, in your opinion, Tito Nito, a different school from the other schools offering the same level? I think from, is it kinder? Do you start with kinder or nursery up to uh the the end of the primary school so tell us a little bit about the school itself and and the uniqueness of the school okay first and foremost we uh, registered ourselves as a non-stop non-profit school we are we are an advocacy we are not for-profit school um, and that dictated uh, that we would have low tuition fees low book fees low miscellaneous fees. The trouble was we, we, we were doing well. But I remembered that we are in a rural area. that The income of the people was not really that high. Mm. So after about a couple of years, I didn't see the growth that I was looking for in terms of number of students or pupils. So I, I decided that I should do something and I what I did was I recruited my friends in Metro Manila and my business associates here and abroad and asked them to sponsor a rural child for, so that I could offer free tuition fees. And that worked. That worked because parents started to come in with their children. They love to send their children to private school, but they didn't have the money. Uh-huh. So here, the scholarship program worked. And you know, uh, it's been how many years? Um, we are now going on 12. 
but uh, we have we have made scholars out of um, less than 300 children here we have more scholars than non scholars mm-hmm. uh, what kind what kind of school are we well we are a i don't know what a a uh, a different school in that in that we have more scholars than uh-huh. than non scholars more yeah. more more children are sponsored by by sponsors from abroad uh-huh. so dito nito i think um one of the uniqueness of your scholarship program is that i don't see a lot of primary school Uh, private schools offering scholarship to to kids. Um, I yes. know that most scholarships are high school scholarships uh, by merit okay. system. For example, uh, because of your high grades, you automatically qualify yeah. for scholarship. Okay. More so in the okay. university, um, if That's you get good uh, grades from high school and you move up to um, university, that's where you get scholarships. Depending on the qualification for example scholarship for the sciences scholarship for math you also even have medical scholarships but in your case as young as age 5 maybe or age 6 age 7 they are already provided with that opportunity so um, based on your experience the quality of the scholars and the non scholars in a private school in your area would you consider them performing better than students in a public school in your yes. same area. So tell us a little yes. bit about how okay. fortunate your students are in your school and how in okay. in what ways are they different from the public schoolers? Okay. Firstly, our children are good in English. That's the first subject they they should excel in. Mm. English because when you grow old or, or or when you graduate from kinder to grade school to high school your books are in english uh. <laughs> english subject literature of course english literature um, mathematics science what english so the first and foremost subject as far as i'm concerned english and they speak well in english at kindergarten age our children can read uh-huh. and and write english oh so so when the, when these kids go to grade 1 they are well advanced and if they should go to another school even in private in public school they should excel and they will and we have we have examples our gold medalists here are are uh, earning golds elsewhere in in high school um that's that's the kind of product we have mm-hmm. and uh, I, i wanted to say something um but go ahead okay I think I am so if you remember it you just blurt it out when you if you remember it so what you're saying is that because of the quality of education that you provide and you've really planted the seeds You can see, um, and uh, you will hear a lot of uh, testimonials from the parents and the students themselves that after they leave your school, they move on to bigger, better things, and they continue to achieve far better 
than the the other students. So, is there a difference between the scholars and the non-scholars alike? I mean, uh, are the scholars performing better than the non-scholars or are they performing at par uh, with each other? There is no difference. The scholars, the scholars are performing better. But I, I wanted to make sure that uh, I'm able to point out that our scholarship program is not based upon the uh, the intelligence of the kid, but on the social status of the family. If the family is low income or a one income family, or the child has been abandoned, which is very common here, then I want to support that child. Ah. He, he or she will become a scholar. Ah. It's not her fault that she got abandoned so we will take her in as a scholar we are looking for those looking out for those kids and uh, the I'm not a sociologist but I, but I think demographics will tell us that there there's a lot of um, broken families in the Philippines especially here in the province and we would like to reach out to those families or to those children especially. And because they are especially broken, we give them time. We give them attention. And result, they excel in school. Mm. They excel in school. Okay. So I really mm. like that idea that it's not only the child's intelligence, which mm. is the basis of scholarship, mm. but it's actually the... Um, uh, something so much bigger than that. You're, you're literally changing the life of that child uh, because yes. of the personal circumstances. Like you said, the family's income may be not sufficient mm -hmm. to actually take them mm -hmm. to a good school or mm -hmm. the, the social side of things where um, the more broken the child is, the more qualified <laughs> because you're really lifting them up from a cycle of poverty and, and brokenness. So there's really mm -hmm. a humanistic um, element of of the scholarship program. So do you think, Tito Nito, that you have not touched the majority of the, the students with that criteria yet? Do you think you will have more students waiting to be scholars? Or kumbaga, eh, na, nasuyod nyo na ba ang, ang buong endang for such kids? Or is there more room for more scholars in your school? There is room for more scholars, and that's why I keep looking for more sponsors. That's more, right. You know, I have sponsors who have, oh, example, they are a couple, like you and Jarvis. You have one scholar with me. I have a sponsor who have two, three, four, five, six, seven scholars with us. So I have a, an American sponsor who has seven scholars with us and I have a Filipino retired doctor in the US who is sponsoring 12 sponsors, 12 scholars. Mm -hmm. I have such kind of people here mm -hmm. and that's why uh, in the coming school year, in, in the next school year, I will, I have so far 72 scholars when in the last school year I only had how many? 67. Oh, you've increased your numbers. So, yes. uh, to give people an idea of the capacity of the school, uh, how many students can you accommodate? 
in each level, for example, or total uh, of all the different levels. Just okay. a ballpark so, figure. Okay. Social distancing considered, meaning at least one meter apart among mm. students. Uh, each classroom could take in about 15 or 16 pupils only. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. We have a capacity problem. Uh, six, call it 15 times six. That's um, how much. And then for, for kinder, we have, we can accommodate as many as 20. So that's, that's the maximum capacity. Yeah. Pre-COVID, are you around the 200 mark prior to COVID? Mm-hmm. No, we have not reached the 200 mark. Uh, the closest we got to 100 was 91. Then COVID came and that brought us down to, nine, to, uh-huh. 81. Uh-huh. to 81. So, Just so 81. that's one challenge now. Because you're a private yeah. school, you're a small entity, plus COVID restrictions, social distancing, um, there might be some room to... Modify your school system, but I'll I'll focus yeah. on that. I'll park that because that's the highlight of my interview. So aside from the scholarship program, I want also to to for the viewers and the listeners to understand uh, your teaching uh, to your teaching group, the teachers. So let's go to um, talking about the teachers. Are these also teachers coming from the immediate uh, neighborhood or surroundings or? Yeah. Have you recruited them from other areas specifically to teach in in your school? They're in the immediate vicinity, mostly. Only two are from a faraway barangay, about uh, about three or four barangays away. But mostly they are from this barangay and the next, and the neighboring barangay. Uh-huh. I, I have seven teachers. Seven teachers, so so, and those seven teachers are multi-level, meaning they can teach kinder, grade one, grade two. They're yes. quite versatile. Yes. So uh, people yes. will appreciate that the work of a teacher is really challenging, to say the least, because yes. of the responsibilities. No teacher is assigned to only one class. A teacher right. is assigned to different right. classes and uh, have other administrative um, responsibilities as well, aside from teaching. So, would you say, Tito Tito, that your teachers are very dedicated because there's only seven of them and you've provided uh, work opportunities for them coming from the same barangay. Um, do you have any future plans or any professional development plans for your teachers to make them, um, you know, stand out in, compar- in comparison to other teachers in the area? Yes, you know that. I asked you once to give our teachers a seminar. You gave us two, I think. Yeah. One, of, one of which was to Im- to improve their communication skills in English. And uh, I oh, every year I ask them to attend seminars outside for for enhancement. And what I really want to do for my teachers is to I don't know if I could get a benevolent sponsor who can help me with the salary of my teachers, you know, uh, probably to put up a foundation so I can really keep my teachers 
by giving them good salaries, good benefits. As we, as meek and humble as we are, we, our school provides insurance coverage to our teachers. You don't do that here, mm. but we do. And then uh, I provide food allowance. You don't do that here, but we do. We provide transport allowance. We do that here because the take-home pay of our teachers should should be theirs. Mm. Should not be reduced further by spending on food, on transportation, and insurance, and blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. So uh, they get small salaries, fine, but it's almost always untouched uh-huh. because we provide for, for the allowances, uh-huh. which other schools don't. Okay, so that means your teachers, in a way, are also loyal to your school because um, they can see the purpose of the school, they can see the quality of uh, the students that are coming into the school, and you really look after your teachers. That's the point. If you look after your teachers, then they will obviously become uh, more dedicated to their job and more loyal to the institution or to the organization. So let's go to the highlight of, of my interview today. So people now have an idea of what your school is all about, the scholarship structure of your school, um, the scholar, the, the, the teaching group, um, what you provide to them. Um, as in any school all over the world, you've been um, hugely impacted by COVID-19 from last year. Um, and... I want you to explain to me a little bit how your situation is different or the same as in any public school in the Philippines, especially in your area. Um, is there any difference in the way that you've experienced COVID-19 from a public school? Did you get enough support from the Department of Education or um, it was more challenging because you are private, um, we are a private entity? Yes, it's challenging because we are not public. The Department of Education takes care of its own. I mean, they're public school teachers. We are left out in the cold. The reason this school stands right now is because of the sponsors. Other schools don't have sponsors. That's why they collapsed. They closed shop. Our school stood small as we are. Our we are still standing because we have sponsors to to provide funding for the tuition of the children. And I think that's the presence of God in our school. Uh, I am telling my friends, God lives here. That's yeah. why he takes care of our, our, of our school and our children. Um, I meant to tell you something. Here comes again my senior moment. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> That's yes, okay. go ahead. <laughs> That's okay. So, so Tito Nito, you're telling me that your rival or competitor public schools have folded up. So, to no, me... No, no. Private schools, huh? Yeah, private schools. Public schools cannot fold up because it's funded by government. Okay, even so if the private they, they, schools. The private bankrupt. schools. Okay, so the private schools have not survived. You're lucky to have Any, survived. Yes. Um, yes. But then... Don't you feel that it's an opportunity because you're still standing and they are no yes. longer a competitor? Yes. yes. And what 
what what gave us uh, an advantage was that the the kind of methodology we have for for learning online has has given us an opportunity to to still go ahead with the education even if the students were at home mm. okay uh, in public schools because they have they are doing things in wholesale um 50 70 80 students per class and here we are konti lang kami maliit lang we are able to attend to our students and uh, we we offer them combination um video modules activity sheets and books mm. and i tell you the kind of learning our children have here is way way above the kind of learning students get from public schools mm-hmm. they get nothing but modules modules that even parents cannot explain to their children so w- what do you expect the children to learn from from mm-hmm. that from that kind of instruction yeah. actually paul i get goosebumps hearing that because um that was a wonderful twist to the story which was supposed to be very sad and bad because you think that you will not be able to cope with the mm-hmm. impact of covid but it was actually a good way to change the way you operate so that you can continue to do what you're doing you can continue to do your mission and at the same time the change that you have introduced to your school made it more um what do you call that opportune both for parents and your teachers uh-huh. na tuloy-tuloy ang pagtutok nila sa mga estudyante so i'm really yeah. happy that this worked for you so in this way tito nito have you found that that some other kids wanted to go to your school now because of the type of blended learning that you have introduced yes. to them how are you yes. with that yes i have been accepting applicants for scholarship parents have learned about what we do here uh, but again even if uh, they want to money is still a cons- cons- a consideration they still uh-huh. have to pay uh-huh. they still have to pay a par- private school but they take heart now because for the coming school year we are doing away with books and just uh, pushing through with video modules and activity sheets no more books to pay that's why more parents are are being encouraged mm. and i hope this will tell in the way our our enrollment would increase this uh-huh. school year okay so that means the for the purpose of our conversation tito nito is something like a learning tool uh for other mm-hmm. schools maybe or for other parents to consider um something else for their kids uh, because sometimes mm-hmm. Parents are locked in into a certain way of thinking mm-hmm. or a cer- mm-hmm. certain mindset that is sometimes counterproductive to the learning of the kids. So because um, you know some parents are completely hands off to the children's education, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they rely on the teachers to do that. But now that mm-hmm. the teachers really require more input from the parents, they don't know how yes. to handle it. But in your case, yeah. because um, uh, you know, you've asked me how else we can improve it. I'm pretty confident that your your model 
your new teaching model now is ensuring that no matter if you are going back to to regular, you're continuing COVID normal, and moving on thinking about the future, you can continue to adapt and adapt and change and and keep up with the change. So in, in that way, I'm pretty proud of um, your school. And hopefully nga po, because more people are coming in and wanted to do that, siguro next time mag-introduce na rin kayo ng subsidy system, no? In terms of the gradation, gradient of the scholarship, siguro meron 50% scholarship, mm-hmm. 50% subsidized, 100% scholarship, just so you can accommodate more more kids and or perhaps yeah. recruit more teachers that's my dream for the school because you're you're that this is the opportunity for you this has, uh, has opened a lot of things for your school don't you agree to good idea mm. i have that in mind that's a good idea mm. it's something like um uh, a way for other sponsors then to come into the party uh, offering something small muna until they they can provide more, uh, you know, That's financial right. support. So right. maybe right. even a student uh, who has a little bit of extra money can sponsor a little kid. So it's not always um, parents who can do that. So I'm I'm thinking right. that um, your experience, people might say, oh, you're just like any other school who who, ha- who tried to go online. But as you said, not not all of the schools can actually do that. Uh, siguro po blessing din yung small entity lang kayo you you can contain yes. everything and you don't get yes. too overwhelmed and you have a lot That's of right. support from from you know your consultants your board of directors your sponsors mm-hmm. and things like that Sponsor. so this what is what makes holy family school so unique and that's why i thought uh, having this um, show with you will potentially reach out to other people who might uh, become future sponsors or or, mm-hmm. or future supporters of your school. So um, I, I also I also encourage you to share our show to your contacts to share mm-hmm. it to their mm-hmm. contacts and hopefully we'll right. get some ripple effect happening. <laughs> so that that's my um, that's my dream for you. So what is your greatest challenge for now? in terms of delivering online learning the way you're delivering it now? It could be any challenge. Maybe you can name two or three challenges. Okay. The greatest challenge is connectivity. Mm. Infrastructure, uh, yes, by the government and the private sector, connectivity. Give us a good connection. I don't think we will have a problem. Mm. That's, the, that's the basic problem, of course. The second is economics uh, economics we have families who have two or three children with us that's how much those parents love us the problem is the parent only has one desktop or one one uh, laptop device yeah one home. device what about the children there he she has three children so they have to divide the time among them that's that's the second challenge but the, just about, just about. It's it's really beyond us. But we're trying to live with with what we are faced, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we're doing it. We're doing it well enough. Yeah. So really, in, in even here, in Australia, you wouldn't believe 
people are still claiming that there are some students who don't have the proper device to use in school. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you would think that a first world country would um, mm-hmm. be sufficiently prepared to do this. But obviously, people who live in more remote areas or rural areas may not have the NBN connection uh, in the cities. So they're still struggling for connectivity. So I agree with you 100%. Connectivity and those technological devices are your biggest challenge. Because like I said, if it's just curriculum only, you can adapt your curriculum um, in any given way. Yeah, but connectivity is going... So we need to write to... um, Elon Musk, for example, <laughs> of Tesla, to give you your right. own, to give you your own, uh, what do you call that? Uh, tower. 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 <laughs> tower. Um, Why not? Yeah. And the other thing, Tito Nito, that I, I forgot to mention is um, there might be other ways of, of delivering content na hindi masyadong gagamit ng grabbing bandwidth. I think based on my research, marami na pong mga live streaming platforms uh, that mm-hmm. allow you to omnicast, you know, you use different um, apps or software to allow you to broadcast to as many if that's an, another way of doing it from the comfort of your school to the children's mm-hmm. homes. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's more like a streaming thing. Uh, but then again, you will rely on that one signal from where, where you are located. So for those people who have uh, who are still wondering where is this barangay of, of Tito Nito in Indang, it's it's really uh what do you what how do you describe your barangay Tito Nito? Are you really far from the amenities? Are you really far yes. from the center of, of commerce? Yes. yes, we are a rural barangay. Oh, about uh, 20-25 minutes uh, from the population, from the town proper. Mm-hmm. And uh, So that's going to be another uh, challenge, which is your geographical location might not uh-huh. reach the signal very, very well. So it's really even a miracle that we are still online right now <laughs> and that's not right. really breaking that's up right. at this time of the day. Um, so... Even when I first tried to go to your place, I really found it difficult to Google it because Google <laughs> Maps have not pinpointed your physical location and you have to rely on a person who knows your area to bring your visitors there to your area so they cannot just Google that's, it. <laughs> that's history now. We were able to do something about Google. We oh, are yes. there now. Fantastic. You are right now in the map. <laughs> We are. Congratulations. <laughs> Tito Niton, moving forward, because we're moving to the last part of our program now. Moving forward, what are your um, immediate and midterm plans for the school, considering your current situation right now? The immediate plan is to, to uh, bring in more sponsors, really. Because that's the only way to go. Times are not getting better here in the province. People, a lot of people are still jobless or under, underworked or underpaid. Uh. That's why I cannot expect more people to bring in their children to private school to us. Uh. That's why I, I want to look out for more sponsors. And then 
I want to equip the school with the more modern facilities, more computers, more laptops for teachers, so that we can do more video recordings and, and reach out to more students. Uh, plus, of course, uh, I alluded to this earlier. It, I am on the lookout for a, some benev benevolent sponsors who will help me fund uh, my teachers' my teacher salaries. I, I, I want to take care of them. I, they, they, they hold on. They are with us. But you cannot hold on and make them hungry at the same time. Mm -hmm. You have to do something mm -hmm. to feed them. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's very, very clear. Those uh, three, not really wishes at right now, but they are really your um, priorities. To keep yes. the school afloat and to keep the school running. So I think the lesson that the listeners and the viewers will um, appreciate from our interview today is that um, even if you say you're a private school, even if you say you are small, um, you are facing the same challenges as the other educational institutions. And because yeah. of your school setup, um, that you you run by a non-stock, not-for-profit um Root, you're not for profit. You rely really so much on uh, financial support from from the sponsors. So hopefully we can tap into those individuals who might be able to help you out. And I'm really glad that online learning has been a um, a blessing in disguise for for the school as it allowed you to continue operating despite this very challenging times. So um, I really want to thank you, Tito Nito, for being with me today, for sharing you. your knowledge, your experience in running your school, and for still keeping the standard of the school and the vision and the mission of the school, and for really uh, trying to be that special entity in your body <laughs> that provide quality education to the needy, you know, the, the people who really deserve um, to to get the best education possible. So yun nga yung mga uh, kabataan na not just financially needy, but uh, really you want to pick them up and make them whole again. Um, so I, I really appreciate that. So thank you very much. Do you have any final message before I formally close uh, everything today? Well, thank you. Thank you, Mimi, for this opportunity. I hope we are able to reach out also to many of your friends or other viewers who may be in a position to, to help us out here, given the things that we do for the community uh, to, to provide quality education to the rural poor. And that is really our advocacy. I hope we can get help somewhere. Yeah. Thank you very much for this Thank opportunity. Thank you, Tito Nito. Help will be available. Um, like you said, if you don't ask, you won't receive. So we're yes. asking now. So we, we trust upon the Lord that in his time, we will receive um, that blessing uh, to happen to us. So thank you again. Thank so you. everyone, this is Mimi uh, saying that if you have any stories or other topics that you wish to feature in the show, 
please reach out to me. My email is in the show notes and 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 below. Sakutsari is a member of the Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate, and you can also reach out to uh, Guerrilla Podcast Network for other shows. And if you want to connect with me or you want to uh, reach out to Titonita School to help them out, please don't forget to just send us an email and we'll facilitate that communication for you. Uh, please like, share, and subscribe to my YouTube channel and my Facebook page. And see you once again. So, Tito Nito, let's say goodbye to our, our viewers and, and listeners. And uh, hopefully, pagising nyo na next day, there will be more sponsors coming in your way. So, thank you. Bye-bye. Right, so, okay, bye. Thank you. Thank you. If you find value in this episode, make sure you like and subscribe to be notified of new releases. If you have any questions or suggestions, please reach out to Gorilla Podcast or send us an email at mimi at dinosocial.com. Spread the word and don't forget to tune in next time. We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.kangaroofern.com